Hello there, I'm Dominique Saint-Pierre and you're listening to Go Podcast. I wanted to talk uh, today a little bit about uh, WebAssembly Runner and how could they be used and, you know, could they be useful in your application and whatnot. So before we go there, um, I wanted to uh, let you know that I don't know if you knew, but uh, Go 1.21 is about to uh, to be released, and there's two uh, there's two uh, small function that uh, that will be uh, added to uh, to the built-in function. So uh, the min and the max function, which uh, will add out to well, as you might guess, get the the min value or max value from a variadic. Uh, series of uh, the values that, that are passed, which are type as any. So if you are to pass some int to that, uh, to those functions, well, well you will, will get the, the min and the max, for example. So useful for uh, when you have some slice of uh, int, for example, or a slice of string and things like that. If you have uh, a slice of struct though, well, it's it's not really that it will will not really be helpful for that. There's no way to pass a a delegate, for example, uh, like in in the sort function, for example, to uh, to get the min or max value for from a struct. It's not really it's not really for that. But you know, just to prevent some uh, some for loops when you have a simple uh, simple slice. All right. So what about WebAssembly Runner? Well. I was uh, I was working uh, on the static backend lately, which is my open source backend API, and there's uh, there has been something that I've seen in all those years that are recurring to you know most of the you know business slash enterprise line of business application that I've built or you know been part of, and it's something like plugins so having a you know having having your system doing some things basically you know some functionalities from a basic point of view let's let, let's pick a, a, a real example for example so so as i've mentioned uh, i've i've been mostly working with data all my life so you know things like pipelines and and whatnot so and when you work on those types of application, let's say you need to process incoming files that are coming from all sorts of sources, external sources from your company and whatnot, and you need to process some data from there. You know, a basic ETL, extract, transform, load to somewhere else. So you have, uh, for example, I don't know, fixed files, Excel files, tab files, CSV files, a couple of things, even PDF. I've seen PDF, but uh, you know, a, a couple, a couple of, of things like that that might be entering your way, and your your system or your you know this specific pipeline that needs to process the data. So, what I've mm, seen often is that well one way to approach that is to try to to build a basic pipeline that you know would work with most of the files that you are going to receive but at some point you you will you know you will need to work around some exception and whatnot and what i've uh, what i've seen uh 
so far that that was working very well was you know to have some some kind of a plugin system some kind of a way to add functionalities to to this sorts of pipeline processing of data uh, without having to recompile the application or redeploy and whatnot so just having a way to you know coming quickly say you know what I will need to uh, I, w- I will need to build or add a specific functionalities uh you know i've seen i've seen uh, things built in in lua for for those kind of things uh one other one another example was uh you know having some uh some way uh to load classes dynamically so in my previous life as a, as a, as a programmer i was doing some net and there you know there's a way on uh, on net to load dynamic uh, classes at runtime and whatnot but, but so that is something that I always find was missing from Go. There's a plugin, uh, a plugin system ish in Go, um, but it, I mean it, it's not working. It's not really that. Um, it's not really something that you can plug a an external file on a running application and. It's it's able to uh, to do something with that. So that you know, um, so there, I, I was I was playing around with the idea of maybe trying to have WebAssembly doing that uh, that kind of job or you know this this type of uh, of responsibility of, of of you know action to to be done. So something like having your application being kind of a, of a host, if you will, and you have a WebAssembly runner that that is able to uh, to to take some uh, some WebAssembly uh, application and and just run it. So I, you know, we we are we are there at the moment. There there's a lots of great runner out there. there there's one for uh, for Rust that is mostly known, I think, which is you know Wasmer, and. Uh, but in Go, we we well we we do have we do have a a package for for Rasmer. The thing is is that it will require Cgo to uh, to build your application. So if you don't know when uh, you know as soon as you enable Cgo, you 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 lose you kind of lose the uh, the cross compiling functionalities, and now you will need to uh, to go to each separate you know. Uh, Architecture and and and, uh, and OS to uh, to build your your artifact, your binary, if you will. And if you are distributing a, an open source project in, in a binary form, you know that 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 is a that is a bummer because that that is one very very appealing uh, aspect of Go, which is you know you you can build your application on Linux and, and you know you can build Mac and and Windows and and BSDs and I know all sorts of other binaries from your your Linux, um, well, your main development machine, whatever it is. So I, w- I was looking at uh, you know WA zero. I don't know if, if it's that you know it's a W W A zero, and uh, th- this is a runtime 
for WebAssembly entirely written in Go. So there's no dependencies. So there's no dependencies on, on Cgo from what I understood. So, and it, you know, it it's very simple. The, the, the idea of those runners is that you have some kind of WebAssembly binary that you build from, you know, almost all languages these days are capable of targeting WebAssembly as as a potential target. You know, I was I was looking at that, and I, I think even PHP as a, as an example for uh, you know there's a way to take a PHP. I don't know a, a project file. I I haven't done PHP since like 1998, but there's a way to target WebAssembly apparently in in PHP, and, and there there's one for you know JavaScript even for Ruby. Um, so it's not just Rust and Zig and, and Go and things like that and C and C++ that can target WebAssembly. Although, arguably, I I don't I don't know what is the you know what what kind of uh, <laughs> what kind of tricky things you need to do in in those dynamic language to uh, to be able to you know to basically compile your dynamic language to a to a, a binary format like WebAssembly, I, I you know I don't know, but it's it seems to be possible. So those runner, like I was saying, are there to take those binary and you know run them directly. So you do that by exposing some some function from your WebAssembly uh, program, if you will, and. From there, you know, the host can uh, instantiate a, a, a runtime and now load this WebAssembly binary directly and, and call call the functions that are, are exposed, if you will. So if we go back to this idea of trying to have a pipeline or a kind of a dynamic way to inject new functionalities without recompiling anything. So let's imagine we would have a very, very simple uh, Go application. So let's say it's monitoring a directory, let's call that plugins, whatever extension, you know, and uh, it could basically try to detect uh, if there is any any new files that, that are, uh, you know, inserted or created in, in that directory and, and if it's the case then it could update its uh, its own uh, you know its own list of available WebAssembly binary that it can instantiate so you know you could you know basically depending on the use case you could you could have file names being very explicit about what this uh, this WebAssembly binary could do, for for example, if you uh, if we return to uh, to my example of a, of an ETL, for example, and, and you are receiving lots of files, and let's say that the basic ap application that you built is capable only to read uh, tab delimited file or CSV, for example, then you could have a directory called plugin or extension, whatever, and and have the you know the name of the extension that uh, that you want to uh, to handle from this WebAssembly binary. For example, you could have a an a x 
uh, XSL uh, that that WASM file, which which would be you know apparently capable of handling the uh, the uh, the input file being an Excel file, for example. And now you could you know you could build this this piece of the pipeline in another language maybe you know maybe in rust there there's a way to process uh excel file or you know whatever whatever the, the example is but the point is that now your application can receive new new you know new functionalities very easily easily just by just by dropping a file a file name that as some kind of convention your application can now you know dispatch some work to this uh to this web assembly uh this web assembly binary directly and it's done uh you know it, it can be done because all you know all all the web assembly uh, f- you know files w- would need to expose one function name for example so if you if you uh, ensure that all the binaries, all the web assemblies will will have a function called I don't know X Y Z for example whatever the name, then your host can you know take the file input, check the file extension, see oh yeah okay this is this is an Excel file I cannot do that myself, but uh, I, I will try to see if if there is something in the in the extension or the plugins. Uh, list that I do have that that can satisfy this file type and now it's uh you know it it is outsourcing all the uh the the processing to uh to the webassembly binary so that that is that is pretty interesting now there's a couple of of very challenging or you know not very uh not very easy things uh that can happen with with this first first of all the, the benefits are there i mean it's it seems to be it seems to be a good a good way to uh to encapsulate I mean, you know encapsulate some functionalities that might not be possible to write on the host or it's not desirable because the host goal is to is to just be extremely simple maybe in the company there there is multiple teams and you know not everyone works on on the same language and whatnot so at, at least there there's some kind of way to have every everything under you know one final destination which is web web assembly the issue though is well i mean i mean the main issue is passing data back and forth from your host application to your WebAssembly function. Um, so due to you know due due to the fact that not not all uh, programming language are are the same and uh, are you know treating pointers and things like that the same. Um, pa- you know, passing struct for example or strings or anything is is difficult. Passing integer and uh, you know, you know, in in thirty two and in, in sixty four, for example, and boolean boolean are are kind of fine. You know, you you don't you don't have to uh, to do 
things that are kind of dirty to to handle those. So my idea would be to have some ex, you know external way to communicate instead of passing data from a you know host to the WebAssembly binary uh, using its function parameters. I, I would I would just pass some kind of in32 indicator or in you know an int a unique a, a unique int to this function that says you know what your data is at at a certain location and this is this is the key that you you will need to to grab your data and this data could be I don't know. It could it could be a, a Redis cache. It could be you know, any, any, anything that you can think of that would exchange a unique int or m- multiple uni- un- unique int, depending on what you want. But so the 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 WebAssembly binary when it's when it exposed function is called. It could receive one or multiple ints and exchange that for for the data that needs. So, for you know, if we continue with our example, uh, we would need the either the bytes of, of of the receiving file or the file name itself, where it is, and you know, maybe multiple other data that needs to. I mean, needs to be passed to this process uh, so, it, so it can complete its its job. I don't know. But the, the point is, uh, you know, we, we would receive one or multiple ints and now we could exchange that and receive the data. And, and we could use the return type as well uh, using an int to, uh, to indicate, well, this, this is, you know, did it pass? If if we re- return something like a, a zero, it 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 failed, for example. And if we return a valid int, then this is uh, you know this is where the the result are. So this is the the key that you will need to grab the result. So I I mean I I don't know I don't know if it if it's good or bad. This this is what I have you know uh, what i have in my head at the moment because i i am thinking of using that uh, in static backend so static backend is a backend and there's a way for developers to to create server side function at this moment i do have a javascript uh custom runtime that enables uh, developers to uh, to write function in, in javascript the issue with that is it's it's a sandbox. You know you cannot uh, you cannot bring external library. It's not it's not a Node.js. It's not a V8. You cannot do imports and whatnot. It's just JavaScript as a dynamic language. You know you can do if you can do for you can you can do lots of of the basic primitive of the language. But you, you know it's it's not like running uh, running Node uh, and things like that. So I was thinking if I were to support functions in WebAssembly, then it means that the developers could, could use whatever language they want and whatever uh, library they want, the, they would they would just be building a, a WebAssembly binary and, and, and drop that as, you know, the function bytes that needs to be executed and that's it, as long as they expose a function. So, so this is very similar to the ETL process that we just di- uh, discussed, but Yes, again, the problem is in in the exchange of the data because if you are to pass some um, 
you know, some some custom struck and whatnot. I'm not even sure if it's possible or not, but uh, I mean, there there has to be a lots of uh, of memory uh, management involved and things like that. I, I don't know. It seems to be not worth it. Not not worth it in terms of times to to handle that versus just you know what int are are just working as is so let's uh let's use a a kind of a workaround for that maybe you know maybe I, I missed something uh it's it's also very possible but the point is at this moment uh this solution seems to be very at attractive uh I, I would i would you know i would uh i would say because uh i mean Yes, the the fact that it, there there's no limitation on on the external languages, the external programming language is uh, is very nice. I mean, I could I could see I could see a a lot of of projects uh, using that from now on. Imagine you have a runtime. Imagine a game, for example. You could you could have a game, and instead of just uh, exposing Lua as, as as an option, you you know you you could say, well, you know, you can you can write your uh, your uh, your mod in in WebAssembly. I mean, WebAssembly seems to to be a a good uh, a good option. I think it's it's growing very fast. In uh, and, and now that almost everyone is able to target it, and that we do have what uh, what I would call you know very decent runner at the, at this point so uh, it's not just a you know it's not just the browser anymore and uh, and we will we will have to think a little bit about uh, about that as uh, as it seems to uh, to have a lot of potential for uh, for you know at least a, a, a very good plugin system in in that case and there, there's multiple other use cases for WebAssembly for sure. So, uh, but yes, I, I just wanted to uh, to talk a little bit about that. Uh, you know, food for thought, I guess. And uh, thanks again for listening. Bye.